From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, OCTA, glaucoma, and focal loss. The low perfusion map shows the location of glaucoma damage that correlated well with the visual field. When we think of angiography in the retina, we typically think about pathologies like diabetic retinopathy or arteriolar or venular occlusions. But there is another pathology that has an important vascular association. That is glaucoma, and the relatively new tool of OCTA may give us information about the underlying histopathology. At the very least, it may be important diagnostically. The expert in this field is undoubtedly David Wong, and I'm delighted to welcome him as my guest today to discuss his recent publication. We're going to be talking about OCT angiography in the context of glaucoma. Although you and I have spoken about OCT angiography in the past, I think it's still worthwhile to discuss what OCTA is and how it works. How does OCTA distinguish vessels from non-vascular tissue of the retina? Well, OCT angiography is an extension of uh, OCT, so it uses the same OCT hardware uh, that is very common in uh, ophthalmology clinics. And uh, to get angiography, these new algorithms uh, scan the same positions in the retina uh, several times and compare them and detect changes in the signal that indicates motion. So it's basically uh, detecting the movement of blood cells in, uh, in blood vessels. And uh, amazingly, it can uh, detect the motion even in the uh, smallest capillaries. Um, so OCT angiography uh, is, is great in getting uh, high contrast images of the vascular network down to the capillary level. Prior to this most recent paper, how has OCTA been employed in the study of glaucoma? Well, we uh, started the use of OCTA uh, in glaucoma with uh, image parapapillary retina and then uh, in imaging the, the macula. And in all these areas, originally we were measuring the vessel density in all layers of the retina. Uh, but more recently, we have found that uh, glaucoma preferentially Uh, affects the circulation of the inner retina, uh, the capillaries in the neurofibro layer and the ganglion cell layer. So that is uh, what we focus on right now. Uh, The most commonly used uh, parameter to detect and evaluate glaucoma have been uh, vessel density or uh, capillary density. And that's simply measuring the percentage area uh, in the layers you're looking at that are uh, occupied by um, blood vessels or capillaries. Uh, It's done by counting uh, pixels uh, to measure the area. Or alternatively, some people have 
measure the uh, the length of blood vessels uh, per unit area to uh, evaluate perfusion uh, and the loss of perfusion due to glaucoma. And this uh, this study is a slight departure where we are looking for uh, defects rather than looking for uh, the average uh, amount of blood vessels there is. This study um, arose from the, the functional and structural optical coherence tomography for glaucoma study. What, what is that? What's, what's the, the, the functional structural optical coherence for tomography glaucoma study? What, this is a uh, NIH-supported uh, uh, research project. Um, so the, the grant is from National Eye Institute. And uh, I am the principal investigators. And we have been conducting uh, this study for uh, seven years now. And um, originally, we uh, focused on measuring structures um, we also studied uh, Doppler OCT to measure uh, volumetric blood flow. And more recently, we uh, have been focusing on OCT angiography in the evaluation of glaucoma in this study. In fact, um, a lot of the algorithms that we use now for OCTA were uh, developed uh, in this project. Uh, and, and used in glaucoma first before we apply them to other retinal diseases. Can I get you to describe the design of, of this study? So uh, the design of the clinical study is a, a perspective observational study of both uh, normal subjects and patients with uh, either pre-parametric glaucoma or parametric glaucoma. Uh, mostly these were primary uh, open angle glaucoma patients and we follow these patients uh, longitudinally uh, every uh, six months for the glaucoma patients and every year for the normal patients so we can uh, evaluate both the um, uh, utility of OCT and OCTA in uh, the initial diagnosis also uh, in predicting and monitoring uh, progression over time. Uh, the longitudinal design also allows us to apply new technologies, new uh, OCT systems and new algorithms uh, as they uh, are developed um, in a, a well-characterized uh, cohort of patients. You chose to use MATLAB and, and special software to perform segmentation, but isn't segmentation performed automatically by the OCT device? Yes, uh, segmentation is performed automatically by uh, OCT devices. Um, each manufacturer have their own uh, software to perform segmentation. And in general, they have been uh, improving over time and actually for OCT and geography, the uh, segmentation of vascular plexuses uh, is currently uh, quite good. But um, when we uh, process the uh, uh, data uh, for this study, uh, this is in the past uh, one or two years, uh, 
the segmentation wasn't as good as now. Uh, and really, it's never perfect. So um, we use a MATLAB program that uh, allow the uh, human grader to review of the machine segmentation uh, and uh, perform uh, corrections if necessary. There, the corrections are actually made in a small minority of the uh, images. The parameters that you you introduced is in 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 the study uh, are uh, LPA low profusion area and FPL a uh, focal profusion loss. What what are these and how do they differ from each other? Uh, low profusion area is the cumulative area in the parapapillary retina that has uh, lower than normal capillary density in the nerve fiber layer plexus. Um, and we define lower than normal in a, s a statistical sense um, that is uh, uh, described in the paper. Um, so th these, this provides a, a low profusion map where you can, uh, we can say mark in uh, red the area that have uh, abnormally low profusion and marking green the area that have perfusion that's within normal. And this allow us to visualize that areas of glaucoma damage to the uh, perfusion of the nerve fiber layer. And then we uh, uh, integrate the loss of perfusion in terms of the decrease in capillary density in the abnormal areas uh, and uh, call that the focal perfusion loss. And it's, it's normalized the, to the total uh, capillary density in the parapapillary area. So uh, for example, if you have 10% focal perfusion loss, that means that uh, the, uh, the amount of perfusion loss uh, is 10% of the uh, normal parapapillary circulation. How are you able to distinguish signal strength from genuine OCTA measurement? Well, signal strength uh, does affect OCTA measurement of capillary density and therefore the uh, identification of uh, abnormal areas. And we have realized this for quite a while. So uh, for example, if a person have cataract or vitreous floaters that um, uh, cast a shadow on the retina, those areas could be erroneously identified as having a perfusion defect. So our algorithm actually uh, have built-in mechanisms to uh, prevent this type of artifacts. So uh, first of all, uh, we have a shadow detection uh, algorithm that identify loss of OCT signals in the retinal layers and uh, take those out of analysis. So if you have a, a vitreous floater that casts a shadow, that areas where the shadow is dense, that would be removed from analysis. And then in the remaining areas, our uh, capillary density uh, calculation algorithm uh, take into account the uh, OCT signal strength in setting the, uh, the, the threshold flow signal strength 
uh, where that distinguishes uh, uh, flow pixels from non-flow pixels or distinguish uh, blood vessels from static tissue. And uh, that has been calibrated and uh, worked quite well. It has been published in a previous paper. So uh, with, with these al algorithmic fixes, uh, this uh, low perfusion area measurement can be made quite robust. Can I get you to talk a little bit about the study population? Well, in this particular article, we analyze uh, data from 36 normal subjects and 47 glaucoma patients. These glaucoma patients have a wide range of severity ranging from the pre-parametric level to severe parametric glaucoma. Uh, most of the patients cluster around the early parametric uh, stage. What were your findings? What were your results? Well, we found that um, the low perfusion map uh, shows the location of uh, glaucoma damage that correlated well with the visual field uh, loss pattern, uh, both uh, by inspecting the pattern and also by the correlation of which hemisphere have more severe disease. Uh, and in terms of the glaucoma severity overall, uh, the focal perfusion loss parameter uh, correlated very well with the uh, visual field mean deviation as a measure of glaucoma severity. Uh, those parameters actually have a Pearson coefficient of uh, minus 0 0.84, which is very high. Um, so uh, this is uh, uh, a very, very good way of evaluating glaucoma severity, uh, potentially. We also found that by focusing on areas that have statistically significant definite defects, we actually improve uh, diagnostic accuracy. Um, the area under uh, receiver operating curve or AROC uh, for uh, LPA and FPL, our new diagnostic parameters, uh, were both uh, 0 0.965, which is very high, and the diagnostic sensitivity were uh, 94% uh, at 95% specificity level. So this is also a very good way of de detecting glaucoma initially. So I want to talk about what, what low LPA, what low FPL means. When we talk about decreased sensitivity on visual field testing, we're implying the existence of a normative visual field database. Is there an equivalent normative perfusion map for OCTA? Yes. Uh, our definition of abnormally low capillary density was based on the, uh, the normative data, the normal subjects uh, in this cohort. You found a substantial correlation between decreased perfusion, visual field, and, and nerve fiber layer thickness. I have to ask the inevitable chicken or egg question. Is it your sense that nerve fiber layer loss is a result of decreased perfusion 
or is there less perfusion because there's simply less tissue to perfuse? Well, the, this study itself doesn't really uh, answer the causality question, uh, but from what we know in terms of the uh, phys physiology of the, the retina and uh, what causes glaucoma, uh, I think the loss of perfusion uh, is due to uh, two things. One is uh, loss of ganglion cells and nerve fibers. So loss of perfusion could be an egg. It could also be due to uh, the dysfunctional ganglion cells or nerve fibers that are still viable. Uh, so this is upstream of tissue loss. Um, so it can also measure the, the chicken component. So my best guess is that uh, these measures of perfusion loss identifies uh, both chicken and egg. Okay, excellent. Um, I asked this question on behalf of my many patients who, who hem and haw when I asked them to do visual field tests. Are the correlations that you found with visual field test defects sufficiently robust that we can perform this sort of analysis in place of visual field testing? I th think it potentially could uh, in the early or moderate stages of glaucoma. Uh, in severe glaucoma, it's probably still better to measure uh, visual field directly because the, the correlation is not as good between OCTA findings and visual field in the most severe stages. Uh, but I say potentially because this is uh, a, this article is really a, the first description of this approach. And uh, I think more studies are needed to validate our findings. And also clinicians don't really have a good sense of the relationship between perfusion defects and uh, visual field loss and the uh, patient's uh, uh, loss of function in terms of their daily living uh, and what, uh, what are the uh, cutoffs for needing uh, additional therapy or even surgery. And so this requires uh, the clinicians to, to look at these new maps and parameters uh, probably for a number of years before I think they are comfortable using it in clinical decision-making. Uh, so I think uh, it, it could probably replace visual fill in early to moderate patients uh, if this could be validated and if clinicians learn to use it over um, a number of years. Is it likely that these parameters are going to be deployed in commercial OCT machines? I think so. I think uh, given these good results, uh, inevitably uh, OCT manufacturers will incorporate this approach, maybe not exactly these uh, parameters, but this general approach uh, in evaluating glaucoma with OCT and geography. Um, it will take some time though, because uh, this requires gathering a normative database um, and uh, as you know, uh, FDA requirement for this has 
uh, gotten higher and higher over the years. Uh, so it actually requires gathering quite a bit of clinical data to, to develop this. Um, but I, I think in a few years, you, you will see it in clinical practice. David, I want to thank you very much for, for, for bringing this really, really interesting stuff uh, to us. And as always, for being so very generous with your time with me today. Well, th thank you for um, taking interest in our paper and your great questions uh, as usual. David Wong is the Weeks Professor of Ophthalmic Research at the KCI Institute at the Oregon Health and Science University in Portland, Oregon. His paper, Measuring Glaucomatous Focal Perfusion Loss in the Peripapillary Retina Using OCT Angiography, appears in the April 2020 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Wang or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.